Imagine a replica of Michael Jordan selling basketball uniforms and William Shakespeare reading his own texts in a museum. No. Is that how Shakespeare is experienced? We see Shakespeare's work. All, we can the, see the, it the any, work. Yeah, the work. We the don't work need is there. Doing the you could pick up a book and read a sonnet. You could go see a play. And we don't need to see Michael Jordan working at the equivalent of Foot Locker. <laughs> Because he's... <laughs> Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmar, and I'm here with my co-host... Katie Kazmier. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. Happy Valentine's Day. Yes, happy Valentine's Day, lovers. So every year we talk about Valentine's Day. We've talked about the history of it. We've talked about customs. And I am bringing you dark origins. Dark origins of of Valentine's Valentine's Day. Day. Oh, God, I'm scared. Of course. It's a a time to celebrate romance, yada, yada, yada. But the background of it is dark, bloody, and a bit shady. Really? That's what I'm saying. So, uh, you know, we all know about the Feast of Lupercalia. February 13th to 15th, the Romans celebrated it. Men sacrificed a goat and a dog. So we'd heard in the past that they dressed up in the skins of goats. right. But nobody mentioning killing Fido. Nobody talked about that. Or what they did with it. So they they sacrificed a goat and a dog, and then they whipped women with the hides of the animals they had just slain. This had been left out of every other piece of research I'd ever uncovered. Whipped them? Like hard? Like they they made them... Oh, the women lined up for it. Oh, they oh like a this fun is like uh, yeah this is like an orgy okay or the prelude to okay I thought it meant like they beat them like no, no. Is, but to be clear uh, you know biggest dickus over here has just slain the family dog oh god has ripped the hide off of it it is disgusting still dripping with bits of skin oh. it's hair and bloody what? and now you've lined up. And you're going to get Catus Maximus <laughs> to be whipped by as I am known as you are known to be whipped by you know by this dog skin or goat skin. Um, the a historian from University of Colorado of Boulder said, "Yeah, they were drunk. They were naked. Women lined up for it because the the prize is that it will make you fertile. Okay. So being whipped by the dead dog skin or the goat it's skin supposed to make you fertile. So you then fertile. you are now sought after. Yeah, yeah. Um, it also included a matchmaking lottery. This is like okay. a key party, a Roman key party, in which they you you put your name in the jar. You know, mm-hmm. Katie, uh, Catus Maximus, yeah. Jaquetus Maximus. Right. I guess we're sisters. <laughs> yes. We're saying we're saying we are yeah. for this for this part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> For the Roman part of the show, yeah, right. we throw our names in, or we throw in the names of people we know. Uh-huh. Felicia's Maximus. Sure. They get pulled out, and then... And Karen Maximus. Karen, Karen Maximus. And then the two of you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's how it goes. So if, if it, you, you couple for the day, mm-hmm. uh, or longer, if you, uh, like, if you like what you saw. Okay. You know, if you if you like what you saw, um, the ancient Romans also they think are responsible for the name of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Claudius II, not the first one. Claudius II executed two men, both named Valentine, on February fourteenth. Coincidence? Who knows? Maybe that's just how mm-hmm. Claudius do. <laughs> or Claudius II do. Your name's Valentine. Get over here. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> then 
couple years back as a remix. Um, we got them all. And they're, they're martyrdom. And I don't know how they are martyrs, by the way. Uh, was honored by the Catholic Church with the celebration of St. Valentine's Day. So in my mind, the Catholic Church comes much, much, much later. I know. I and know. How, are the, how do you go back in time and get these martyrs? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense like, to me. Like, oh, you read about someone's death and you're like, that was unjust and they died for the cause that we like. But they weren't Catholic. I know. So, I don't know. Uh, later, Pope Gelasius won mm-hmm. uh, in the 5th Sounds century. Sounds like a rocket ship. He was trying to get rid of Lubricalia. So, he said it's St. Valentine's Day now. So, he thought by making it a, a Catholic holiday, mm-hmm. he would squash it. But it became more theatrical than ever. Um, so, even though they got rid of the drunken sex part of it, mm-hmm. that's replaced by... All of the the things that we have, fertility and love. So they couldn't get rid of that. Mm -hmm. No matter how hard the Pope tried, people still loved. And there was still fertility. Yeah. There was still booty. How do we squash this? Yeah. All the fun. Um, At the same time, the Normans celebrated Gallatin's Day. And Gallatin meant a lover of the ladies. Okay. (laughs) Um, And they likely confused it with Valentine's Day at some point because they sound alike. Mm -hmm. So there are multiple holidays going around. There's Lupercalia, St. Valentine's Day, Gallatin's Day. Mm -hmm. And then the church or religion, as you say, smearing itself on top of things, kind of mixed this together with a little melange of love, fertility, uh, and then I guess later a hot booty. Okay. So they talk about the Shakespeare. We know about those traditions, the paper cards, et cetera, et cetera, what we have today. And in 1913, Hallmark cards of Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, that makes sense. I didn't know it was from Missouri. That's why that stuff was so corny up yeah, until like, right? recently. And why like, they didn't have cards for like brown people right, or right. like anything because it's from Missouri. Missouri. Um, in 1913, it's not Missouri. It's Missouri. Missouri. You know, like that. Barely matters. Yeah. No, it's I'm like just- we're. It is Missouri, yeah. but they're talk. That's the way they talk. It's like where I'm from on the eastern shore of Maryland. People mispronounce things about where I'm from. I'm like, you know what? It actually doesn't matter. Yeah. If it were important, you'd know how to say it. Um, so that is what we have today. We have the kind of a hallmark Valentine Day, and then also there's a Single Awareness Day. Sad. Oh. Is also on Valentine's Day. People celebrate that by the same way that they do every night by dining alone. <laughs> And buying themselves Jeez. chocolates. Yeah. Well, um, it says a few may even be spending the day that this peaceful the same way that the Romans did. I wish. I really want to go to this club where <laughs> men have simulated dog skins and simulated wolf skins. And then and they hit the, the ladies are there. And they're or vice men. versa. Yeah. Because you know, equality. So whoever wants to get whipped, whoever wants to whip is gonna, be doing, it's gonna okay. be doing it. So that's the the, the dark the dark Roman Lupercalian Galatinian oh uh, orgy origins of Valentine's Day. Okay, what do you? Very have? nice. Yeah, not as dark as I thought. All right, so I have the origins of the term "wearing your heart on your sleeve." You've heard that before. Yes, wear your heart okay. on your sleeve, and you actually have them. Yes, so Valentine's Day can be an occasion for quirky expressions of love. Mm-hmm. Um, it was during the Roman Empire that Saint Valentine, like yeah. you were talking about. Possibly. It wasn't St. Valentine. He was just... Valentine. Joe Valentine. Left a note to his his jailer's daughter from your Valentine before his execution on February 14th. We heard that story. It's in there, whatever. Um, But there is this, the classic idiom, it is a day to wear our hearts on our sleeve. Okay. So we use this phrase, and it usually means to make yourself vulnerable, to let it all hang out. 
I hate that phrase, let it all hang out. I know. It's so gross, It's, it's right? like, no, put it back in. <laughs> put some of it in. No. Uh, get the next size up. No. I know. You know? I say, so what is the sleeve? Why, why not on a pant leg? Why not around your neck? What, what is the... <laughs> why not on your pant leg? Yeah. Okay. I mean, they didn't wear pants then. Yeah, so there, there are a couple of... Um, stories that may explain the source of the saying, and these are the three most popular ones. That the first one is in the Middle Ages, um, Emperor Claudius II. Okay, Claudius II. Yep. <laughs> believed unattached men made better soldiers, so he declared marriage illegal. As a concession, he encouraged temporary coupling. Once a year during the Roman festival honoring Juno, men drew names to determine who would be their lady friend for the coming year. Okay. Once established, that man would wear her name on hers, his sleeve for the rest of the festival. Okay. Then another one. Like, nah, girl, that's Tiffany's. You leave that. Yeah. (laughs) This one's for you. It's like, oh, man. Uh, Number two, around that time, it's speculated when a knight performed in a jousting match in the king's court, he dedicated his performance to a woman of the court by tying something of hers, like a handkerchief, around his arm. Okay. He'd let the court know the match would defend the honor of that woman. Right, okay. No. That, again, girl, <laughs> Tiffany, it's not for you. Yeah. This or three, you. we can credit Shakespeare, where it may have been the first recorded in writing. Um, what did he say here? I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, in compliment, extern, tis not long after, but I will wear my heart upon my sleeve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, so... That was truly exposing himself, and he basically invited um, anybody to, uh, like, crows to peck at him for what he believed in. Okay. So just putting, like, putting it out there, putting it on front street. Yes, basically. What your romantic intent is for that week. Yeah, right, right. So, yeah, so if you, like, you're going to let it all hang out. Mm -hmm. Wear your heart heart on on your your sleeve. sleeve. Not your pant leg. Yeah. Um, oh, that's interesting. I did not know that. So, here's some top tips for men on Valentine's Day. For the men. Yeah, for the men's. It said, uh, this article was written by a woman, but she's writing it for men to try to ease, you know, help Valentine's Day be better and how any man can be a Valentine's hero. Okay. That's what she's saying. It says, best case, she just acknowledges a lot of guys are intimidated by Valentine's Day. Yeah, I think it is. It's something that builds up uh, when you're young as a young man, like Mm -hmm. that you're really expected to do something grand Mm -hmm. uh, on Valentine's Day. But then you're also kind of trained in a way to think that no matter what you do, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the recipient's going to be like, (sighs) yeah, you know what I mean? Because there's all this pressure on it. It says a a lot of guys resent it. They feel like Valentine's Day is a lose-lose. Expectations for romance are high. And a lot of men feel like they can't deliver. And they feel like it's been hijacked by Hallmark. That I get. Mm -hmm. A lot of the Hallmarkiness of it is corny. Right? Um, Men feel pressure to spend a lot of money and compete with other men for romantic displays. I have never seen this. I have never been dating someone and then, you know. Another one is like, hey. Yeah. I have, uh, look at me. Like, I have flowers for you. Or, like, I don't know that guys get together like, hey, would you get your wife for Valentine's mm-hmm. Day? Like, I don't know if that's something that guys kind of, you know, compete with. But, so, here are her suggestions. One, two flowers, period. One in the morning. They'll cost you a couple of bucks. So you can get them at a 7-Eleven. 
This is like a single okay. rose. Keep them in your car the night before, which is a great idea. They're mm-hmm. going to stay fresh and she won't see them. Give one to her before you leave in the morning. Hold the second one back for later. Very simple. I think that's a nice gesture. Okay. As long as you don't go like on a date and hand her a rose to walk around with. No, no. I, I'm assuming this is someone that you're living, okay. you're cohabiting, or you, you spent the night there at least. Yeah. So you, yeah. Woo. Hubba, you presented in the morning like there's more of this rose later. Two. Yes, the celebration could, should include a meal. Give uh-huh. some food. It doesn't have to be expensive. It could be a picnic. If you're in a warm climate, go outside. You can do an inside picnic. Mm-hmm. Always good. I think most women would respond well to an indoor picnic if you set the thing up properly. Uh, yeah. It's if cute. It's a, yeah. Right? Um, it shows effort if it's, like, good food. Yeah, it shows it's effort. Like, it's cute. It could be a trip down memory lane where you went to your first day. It could be lunch at a hotel. I like this one. Mm-hmm. Lunch at a hotel is always nice. Yes, yes, yes. You know? Um, she's like, whatever Whatever the date is, it doesn't have to be expensive. Just think it should be intimate. Mm-hmm. So maybe a buffet is not where you want to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it says, put pen to paper. This one is risky. Oh. It says, she says, write a love note. I didn't say letter. I said note. note. That's what she says. One, it's three paragraphs. One, a memory. Two, something you like about her. Three, how it makes you feel. Get out of there. Sign, I love you. Yeah, that's perfect. Is it, this that's is excellent nice. advice. That's really Three good. Things, I like that. You know, a memory. Uh, so the first one is you a, like about her. A memory, something you love about her, and third, how she makes you feel. Okay, good. That's uh-huh. easy. Uh, jewelry or chocolate? Maybe neither. Maybe she wants a, a certificate for a massage or a pedicure. Mm-hmm. Can't go wrong with that. Mm. A nice pedicure, a nice manicure. They said you can either pay for it to be done or you can do it yourself. Get out of here with the pedicure. I don't know I can't. If, if I would, and, unless you really know what you're doing. Yeah, and there are can. probably some guys out there who are great. Like, I've I've known some women who have dated a man where that man's superpower has been a blowout. And I'm like, what? The guy oh, really? just, know, he's learned, he learned how to do it somewhere. There were actually places in New York about 10 years ago, they were, for 100 bucks, you could go in and learn how to do a blowout on a woman. Wow. That, to me, is amazing. If, that if, is amazing. If, if your man was just like, have a seat, and you're like, what's happening? This thing you know, you come out looking sulky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to get laid, gentlemen. Yeah, but not a foot. When your your foot needs to be tended to, I'd be so... Unless you know how to do it. Unless you really know how to do it. Yeah, but you don't want a man to see your, your, your claws and your hooves. Well, I'm hoping that they already look okay. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> But they're at a point you like where it needs... Well, it's February. If yeah. he's like, kick off a shoe, you're like, No. No, no, Phil, no. no, really, seriously, I don't want to kick off my shoe. <laughs> like, you don't want me to either. Trust me. <laughs> I galloped here. <laughs> like, is that what you're thinking? It's that situation? Uh, like, you know, you sometimes I let the pedicure run down. <laughs> I like that idea. It was fresh. Two, and I, I know, two weeks later, it's like one, maybe two toes are painted yeah, yeah. partially. So, right. It's, so you don't want like a chipped Yeah, the little toe, toe looks angry. <laughs> You know, and then you gotta be. You have to get the cuticles. You have to. Trim yeah. it. you don't want a guy doing that. Yeah. You know? you're like a millimeter taller than you should be. <laughs> yeah, I got it. All right, and then the, the last one, number five, is run her a bath before bedtime. Run a bath, light some candles, sprinkle the petals from the last robe in the tub. Done. Boom. Okay, you're out. Follow these five steps. So it's not bad. Write the love a letter. Bath. I'm going to bed. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Two flowers. Meal. Write a little love note, uh-huh. not a letter. Um, you can give her a, a little gift, but a certificate's always nice. I like that. Um, run that bath. Yeah. Then I can imagine after this guy runs the bath, puts everything, and he yeah, he goes to sleep. <laughs> like, I'm exhausted. All this romance has tuckered me out. 
And that's that's not a bad, you know, that's mm-hmm. not a bad Valentine's Day. It's not. And not, you know, you've got ten dollars maybe for the roses, another fifty dollars for the food. Mm-hmm. Um, the mas- like you really can for a lot of women. Uh, if you were to say to your partner, I'm going to give you a 45 minute massage, no sex, mm-hmm. just a massage. Mm-hmm. That's your, that could be your Valentine's Day. Yeah. Right oh, like yeah. really do it though. Yeah. Like set up where you're going to be doing it. Make sure like all the exposed parts that you're not working on are, comfy are covered up, covered. that the room yeah. is warm, that yeah. it smells nice. Like that could be the entire, music, yeah. yeah, that could be the entire thing right there. Soft yeah. music. Absolutely. And you're out if you don't have a lot of money. Or even just sitting on the couch and getting a foot rub and having a glass of wine. 45 minutes of a foot rub and a nice bottle of wine. Gentlemen, you got yourselves a Valentine's Day. That's really it. Yeah. That's, that might be even be better than the... Dim the lights. Yeah. Light some candles. Yeah. Do that. Put, Put on... Nice cream If on she wants hands. to watch something, let her watch it. Yeah. And you just know? rub a foot and be quiet. Or, yeah. Just be quiet. Maybe she just, wants to read that magazine. Yeah. While getting a foot rub and having the, the, the wine. Yeah. That's like a, that's a yeah. golden. You Valentine's probably will day. get treated right after that, gentleman. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Good for good for the ladies. Good for the gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what do you have? <laughs> okay, well, I have. Did we mention foot rub? Tales from the campfire. Ooh, this is a, a, a Valentine's a Valentine's Day themed. And so it's like, ooh. so tales from the campfire yeah. is a um, what is it? A segment that we do. Tales from the Campfire is a segment that we do. We find tales on the internet of fake lore, folklore, romantic, spooky tales. And ghost and stories. we retell them here on the Digital Campfire. So please gather around. Gather around. Okay. So this is called A Valentine's Visitor. Okay. Okay. So this is uh, somebody from the UK is writing this. Okay. Haven't posted in a while because everything has stayed pretty much the same since the last time. <laughs> no changes to report. <laughs> See my friend the succubus, but anyway, the story. Ah, the succubus! I remember this guy. Yeah, but anyway, the story takes place on Monday, the fourteenth of February. Okay. I said last time in my stories comments that I, I don't know if demons or whatnot understand holidays. Okay. He's not sure. Before. Do they respect our Roman calendar? (laughs) Right off the top, yeah, does not know. Yeah. But anyway, it was about 5 a.m. on Valentine's Day. I was lying in bed. Mm -hmm. I'm an insomniac, so I don't sleep. And if I do, I wake up if anything touched me. I felt a cool breeze around my genitals, and then my left. (laughs) (laughs) Right to it. Lying butt naked in the bed. Yeah. Hoping to fall asleep. He finally does the next thing he knows. Scrode him in the wind. (laughs) (laughs) What a nightmare. He had just fallen to sleep. And then my left leg went numb. I thought this was... <laughs> what? So a light breeze on the genitals, and then the left leg yeah. is out. Yeah. Got it. I thought this was just my demon playing around with me, as she normally would if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I was lying on my back, so I couldn't get up. Well, that's clear because of the breeze on the genitals. Otherwise, yeah. it'd be kind of weird. Yes. I felt a cold sensation going up and down my chest into my crotch again. Okay. I couldn't get any words out. I just lay there. I knew someone was going to say that I should have fought back, but I couldn't really have done anything. Well, I mean, he wasn't being assaulted. Right. I couldn't move my leg. I couldn't talk. I felt like I was tied down to the bed. Great. I couldn't sit up or anything. All okay. right. Can't move. <laughs> Can't move. That's what you're saying. I kept having a strange tickling sensation on my tongue, and I kept tasting electricity every now and then. And every so often, I would get a cold sensation, like one rubbing against my chest around my inner thigh. Sure. 
Then, when it eventually ended, it went on for like five or ten minutes. Okay. That's not very long. She wouldn't leave my head alone. I kept feeling drowsy. I eventually drifted off to sleep and had a strange sexual dream of this. (laughs) I'm sorry. You were already having a strange sexual dream. (laughs) This is a dream within dream. Picture in picture. Of this usual... This of this usual black-haired woman, except she was nude and was sitting up on my bed. Then she grabbed my shoulders and sat on my lap. I was wow. also nude in this dream. Okay. <laughs> I was also <laughs> nude. I like the... We're all nude. The phrasing. Yeah. Everyone's naked. I didn't want... I really didn't want to go into any deep detail, but let's just say in this dream she had sex with me. Okay. Let's and, and since then, I haven't really had an encounter for her a week on from Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Can everyone tell me if she knew it was Valentine's Day? <laughs> this is his concern. And, yeah, and she wanted to make a mood on, move on me, or was it a strange coincidence? The mood, I mean, the, you've already slept with this woman. She yeah. comes and goes as she pleases. Why would Valentine's Day be of any concern to your demon lover whatsoever? Yeah, it's funny, but the comments are like... The um, people really analyze it, they're like... People uh, are like, from, like, I just like these stories because it's always like a teenager and they're they're always talking about... It's like a wet dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's... I mean, if that's a teenager, it's quite dry. Yeah. And then it's like, some other guy is like, um, if you don't want the succubus, I foster them so you can send it my way. I'm like, what? <laughs> What's going on? There's some kind of exchange? Yeah. Succubus so exchange. Like, yeah, you know, I take them on. Succubus so. fostering? Now, how exactly am I going to get the succubus to I go from have. teen dream to this, I know. this dude who just, like, he's like a halfway house yeah. for wayward <laughs> succubi. <laughs> I just look. Like his extra succubi come here. And then there's people, like, giving advice of yeah. what to do. Well, what do they say? Uh, don't get it too attached to her. Yeah, she'll leave you in the large yeah. dude. Next thing you know, you'll be blowing on your own genitals. Yeah, you know, just <laughs> these silly things. It's, you know, maybe what she's trying to, like, get to know you. I, I, you know. Get to know you? It's happened already. I know. I foster them. I like that guy. <laughs> he's, he, that's what he does on these trolling through these things, like... You think you got problems? I got to foster these. Yeah. You should see when they get here. Mm -hmm. A mess. Yeah. They leave here (laughs) like butter. Like you wouldn't believe. (laughs) I foster. Send them over. No address. (laughs) Send them (laughs) over. Like, how do I do do that? Um, (laughs) Fostering is succubus. So one of the gifts that you could give your um, partner for Valentine's Day um, is digital immortality. Okay. It's available now. They're offering it for, through Russia, so you know it's good. You oh, know yeah, it's secure. Good. Yeah. And it's not shady at all, just like in the U.S. Yeah. Not shady at all. Not at all. Um, a company claims to make the world's first humanoid android and offers digital immortality. Ooh. Uh, it's, this company is called Promobot. And I'm like, surely Russian, such a beautiful language. Promobot? Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? That's what you came up with? Promobot? Yeah. Nothing? 
Um, makes the world's first humanoid android. The well, model it's for Americans, so they're like, it's just got to say what it is. But it's like if you are like the French, mm-hmm. they would be like le robot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like something to let us know, like the, nothing. The model uh, Robo C robot. It's what it's called. It can't walk, but no. it has a. It can't run away. Okay, but it has a sophisticated AI, and it can be made to look like any human, oh. any human. Um, a Promobot is offering autonomous service androids that can make it. They can make it look like anyone on Earth. So I could be like, for example, Christian Bale robot. Okay, can't walk, but it just sits. Uh, yeah, but it can, it can sit and it can yell at people that walk through the set without paying attention. Yeah, the company says their creations are robot companions, quote unquote. While its Robo C android is the first of its kind, not only looking like a human, but it's also use, useful in business processes. Not sure what kind of Russian business processes they're referring to, but business processes. Okay. You could use a robot for. Alexei uh, Lukasov, Promobot's chairman, said in the press release, quote, everyone will now be able to order a robot with any appearance for professional or personal use. And so I could get a robot of, anybody. I don't know, anybody. And then use it for. And then use it for professional reasons or personal reasons. One of your businesses, like a. Um Whorehouse. There you go. I mean, what else would these be used for with a face on it? Yeah. Uh, furthermore, he thinks that their new line of bots will spearhead a fresh market in edu- education, service industries, and entertainment. And this is what he says. Imagine, this is a classy guy, imagine a replica of Michael Jordan selling basketball uniforms and William Shakespeare reading his own texts in a museum. No. Is that how Shakespeare is experienced? We see Shakespeare's work. All, we the, can we, see it the any, work. Yeah, the work. We the don't work need is there. Doing the you could pick up a book and read a sonnet. You could go see a play. And we don't need to see Michael Jordan working at the equivalent of Foot Locker. Because <laughs> he's... I was thinking he's going to be in a commercial, but no, it's not even a Foot Locker. It's like in Target in the back. Yeah, there's an selling basketball uniforms because that's how professional basketball teams purchase uniforms. They have a replica of Michael Jordan, not the salesperson from Champion. Yeah. Not that not the the salesperson from Under Armour no. or any of the other companies that make clothing. It's not not the the, the buyers, the mm-hmm. sellers, the mm-hmm. whole retail apparatus that's around it. If only they had this robot. Yeah. Everybody would be wearing basketball uniforms all the time. Well, yeah, it would just be Not just NBA. Like you're not no longer limited to just basketball players for this uniform. Right. Because the Michael Jordan robot that can't walk. <laughs> they can't walk. Forget about the it's air part. <laughs> They're just going to fling the robot in the air. He can't jump. He can't dunk. It's actually, and you know it's not Michael Jordan. But you're still going to buy a uniform. (laughs) And also, thank goodness we can finally see a replica of William Shakespeare reading his own text in, I don't know, the MoMA? (laughs) Or wherever it's going to be. I can't. That's what the... But the Russians... (laughs) <laughs> basically where's their stuff where's like you know a czar yeah right like oh, where yeah, is your stuff clear of yeah. all Russian history of all yeah. Russian stuff like there's nothing Russian oh no what they're about, sending this over to us why not Dostoyevsky reading yeah his text in the Hermitage yeah 
or something like Where's that. Where's that? Come on, Russia. <laughs> Come on. No, it's Michael Jordan and William Shakespeare. And first of all, why is Michael Jordan representing the U.S.? Shakespeare, okay, fine, England, but Michael Jordan? That's scary. You know, there's nothing wrong with Michael Jordan, but it's like, that's what they think. Uh In England, they're going to be sharing their heritage through uh, this wonderful author. We're going to be selling y'all some uniforms made in China. Uh, You know what? It's like the robot coming from Russia, basically, is a camera (laughs) trying to get somewhere. Where they can get compromising information on you. It's a called, what is it, Compromot? The Compromot. That's what yeah. it should be called, the Comprobot. Yeah, yeah it, it should, should be. be called the Comprobot. So that's basically like what Jeffrey Epstein was. He was yes. funded by the Russians. To get information. Like, yeah, to put powerful people in compromising positions and But now them. you're going to be compromised by Bill Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, it doesn't even, like, no one's going to notice that guy. What is that? I don't worry about it. It's just our Shakespeare bot. Yeah. And it's like, and now you start talking about all the juicy details and whatever. I would like, I mean, I guess. Because you're comfortable with Bill Shakespeare. William Shakespeare reading his text at the museum. Like, you know what? I might be interested in Poe. Yeah. (laughs) Getting drunk, selling his furniture. Yeah. And then trying to tell you a story. Yeah. But it doesn't make any sense. So where else can such a robot be useful? Question mark. Um, As a consultant, behaving like a regular employee by answering questions or as an administrator, performing such tasks as booking meetings. Again, we don't need a robot for this. We have software that will book meetings for you. It's not a problem. Um, they can also give work in offices or the government. Come on, Russia. Now play it a little bit closer to the yeah <laughs> to the best here. <laughs> really, really, you can put this robot in the sensitive government you can, office. These they could work in places such as the Pentagon. Yeah, the Oval Office. If there's not already one in the Oval Office right now, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, um, Robo C. On CNBC. So it's AI has 10,000 speech modules. The promo bot, are we calling it the Comprobot? The Comprobot Android is able to reproduce the way any person talks by building linguistic models based on the weight of speech. The bot's face has 18 moving parts, which is, and it can make 600 micro expressions. I wonder if it can show distaste of women. Yeah. (laughs) Will there be microaggressions as well? Or just expressions? One limitation. One. And this is where the Russians oh, okay. always fall down. No legs. Its upper body has three degrees of movement, but it's got no legs. Compromot is already taking orders for the RoboC, oh, claiming God. to be the biggest manufacturers of autonomous service robots in Northern and Eastern Europe. Everybody run, don't walk. Or no, you can't run or walk. <laughs> Sorry, use your three degrees of movement to scoot yourself there, oh, roll there. Oh, that's so creepy. Your an, an Android can run you. Well, it can't run, but it, can, it will cost you from $20,000 to $50,000 based on various customization options. I guarantee you send your order in to, to get your Robo-C at this Compromot or whatever, mm-hmm. and nothing happens. They just, you just, your money is gone. Your money's gone, and that's it. And <laughs> you don't get nothing. Shakespeare. You don't get Michael Jordan. I, I'm just wondering what bad ideas. Like, there's just some company out there who's like, you know, who could really sell this coffee? Chad Michael Murray. <laughs> Chad Michael Murray. <laughs> but, like, I was thinking C. Thomas. I want a C. Thomas Howlbot. Oh, yeah. He, he is, like, we'll, we could shoot all the scenes from the waist up because, you know, no legs. And he doesn't use more than one degree of movement when he's acting. 
That's true. So, so there's that two degrees. Two I'll tell Russia, That's say, true. you know what, I want to discount just one degree. this <laughs> <laughs> out. Who is going to be excited by a robot Michael Jordan mm-hmm. selling uniforms? I don't know. I don't know. All right, what do you have? Okay, I have some fascinating facts okay. about the evolution of dating and courtship. Okay. What was the first date? <laughs> the first, first date, date, yeah. I don't know what the first, that's a good was one. Was it a cave? Well, first of all, it wasn't always called dating. Okay. You know how the term date got, came to be? Okay. What was it called before? Okay, so in the context of relationships, um, dating reaches back to 1896. That's it? Was, it? Yeah, it People was. People before that just shacked up. They didn't use the word date. Right. It was it was first used in a newspaper column in which a young man laments that his girlfriend is seeing other people, that they're filling all of my dates, the dates on her calendar. Ah, so they're locking it down for that 24-hour period. Yeah. Dating. I like that. Uh, so in 1900, dating could be a felony. <laughs> yes. That's what is wrong It was with a people. new concept, and law enforcement wasn't sure what to make of it. They were sure something sordid was going on. A young man and woman meeting in public, him buying her food, drink, and gifts. Well, it was, it could be prostitution. Oh, and my And women goodness. could be arrested for it. For having a meal? What is wrong with people? Where is, was this in yeah. Europe? No, this is in the U.S. In the U.S.? What, really? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Dating introduced privacy to the process of courtship. Mm-hmm. So before that, when somebody, when a man and woman courted, everything was public. Yeah. It was public. They had, but it's to hard to get your finger blasting on in the light of oh. day. You know, <laughs> like what's the point? God, you can't take the the car for a test drive. Before dating, courtship involved suitors calling on their prospective partners in the family yeah. home. Yo, get out here! Yeah. <laughs> So that meant being in the parlor or the kitchen, and there were always people watching. So yeah. you couldn't, you couldn't get, do anything. Do what you said. Yeah. Um, dating quickly became a big business. Before dating <laughs> came into the picture, courtship or calling were conducted with the express goal of marriage. So if you were, but for lower class people, I don't think this, like for African Americans, for like very recent immigrants, for low class, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For people of lesser means, it's probably like whatevs. We're just going to couple it. I'd wonder. You know? I wonder what it was I, like. I, I know that was... my grandparents did not court. <laughs> like, I, mm-hmm. you know, there was nowhere to do it. Yeah. It was a family affair as callers meant heirs, property, and happiness. The newly established dating industry, however, had other goals in mind. Marriage mm-hmm. would hurt business for the first time in history. <laughs> yes. Yeah, dating made, made it necessary to buy things in order to get FaceTime with prospective partners. So before you were just getting it for free. Yeah, you would call on somebody, and you would meet the family, and they yeah. would see you, you and get to know you. Mm-hmm. But now with dating, you had to bring a, a gift. A gift, okay. I, I mean, I can see that whole mm-hmm. meeting the family thing putting the kibosh on a lot of marriage, too. Yeah. Yeah. God. Like, I can think about some of the people I've dated. Not that I was dating with an eye towards marriage, but mm-hmm. if I had seen all those people behind them, I would be like, you know, I see where this is going right now. Mm-hmm. I saw your father and your uncle. I'm out. You know? <laughs> like, I'm out. Y'all don't know what you're doing. Uh, let's see. So, also, they had to, like, um, consumer goods weren't always part of the courtship. Okay. Uh, whereas before, the compatibility of prospective couples was determined by land, status, and wealth. Yep. With the onset it's of... going the, back that way now. Yeah. And with the... Oh, right. Yeah. And with the onset of industrial, 
industrialization and the rise of the middle class, consumer goods became a go-to method for determining compatibility with a potential partner. Yeah, because there's so nothing... It's taste. Oh, no, I'm yeah. talking about taste. Yeah, there's nothing tackier than the middle class. I mean, the middle class is always the the, the death of, like, everything. Yeah. Like, just the commercialization, yeah. the, you know... Yeah, so it's like what this gift is would reflect the taste. Are you both like seeing beauty in the same yeah. way or functionality? What are you doing? Do you guys have the same, uh, looking at society with the same lens? Yeah, and so department stores then changed everything and brought people with those of humble means into contact with those of wealth. Yeah, here's what you should be doing. Right, These guys are buying a dozen red roses. You should buy a carnation at least. But the shop girls selling fashion learned to imitate her buyers. The labels yep. would come along that would let anyone look rich. So she could look rich and she could act rich. But she wasn't rich. Was rich. But I she think was that pretty. would have been one of the best jobs would be to work in like the department stores back in the day. You must mm. have seen a lot. Yeah. Um, wearing makeup has its roots in dating. Before the 1900s, only women who were who wore painted faces were actresses and prostitutes. Yeah. But the painting was different. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's not, like, the way that they, the stage makeup and the mm-hmm. makeup for a working girl prostitute was a little bit more overt. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right, it, it had to heavy, be. Heavy hand. Yeah, it's for sale. And to make the, pro- so you had to have a natural look, it demonstrated clean living, but to make their product mainstream, the cosmetic industry renamed their goods makeup with a lofty, admirable goal of making oneself up to express femininity. Wow. I, I think of, um, I don't think of make, makeup as classy in that way. I don't know if you do. I always thought no. of it as like, you're trying to hide something. No, yeah, you're trying to get like, yeah. make, like. Like I don't look as fresh as I'd like to or can. Right. Makeup. I just want my features to be defined a like little I'm bit more. Like I'm making it up as yeah. I go along. <laughs> right? I'm making up for the fact that I don't have a fresh look. Right? Yeah. Makeup. You know, when you're younger and you want to decorate your face it's with all fun, the color yeah. and when your skin is nice but and even. But once, gradu- like, once you graduate from high school, or for some, for some women, once you turn like 16, it's gone from fun to utility. Yeah, it is. Right? It is. It's like the circles, the, the uneven Like I said, you're trying to make up for lost time, lost youth. Right? <laughs> Um, Bad lighting. Oh, wow. In the 18th century, parents allowed serious couples to fool around. You, yeah. you got to let off steam. It makes sense. In the United States, a long tradition gave courting couples permission to engage in sexual behavior so long as they stopped short of intercourse. Yeah. Which we, is, I mean, we all know that virginity is a lie, so I don't, you know. But. Well, young couples could sleep in the same bed provided they were each tarried or sewn in sackcloths. I'm sure they never got out. I'm sure that no holes were placed yeah. in that stuff. If they, you know, it's like the story, like if the mother liked the prospective suitor for her daughter, she wouldn't sew it so tight so he could get out and in. And, and you would leave it to, you want to leave it to your mom to make that decision? Yeah. <laughs> and so they called that being t- like the tarrying, like I'm going tarrying, I'm staying over and I'll be tarrying. Oh, wow. Until, so why, there is why a, euphemize a it? I'm, I'm going to get my, you know, some sweet D. There was a, there was like an old song. It's like, let him run, let him tarry, let him do this or that. I don't care. He doesn't care for me. I don't care for him. So she's talking oh, wow. about like, let this, him tarry, let him tarry. Don't even bother to sell anything. Yeah. <laughs> let him run. Let him, let tarry. him run. Yeah. Benjamin Franklin reminisces about how the parents of his first marriage prospect encouraged him to fool around with their daughter. He's like, I couldn't wait to get over to the Smith house. <laughs> they would invite I him over. I didn't even wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> I just 
just went right in. I went, hey, how you doing, Mr. C, Mr. C? <laughs> right to the back. They would invite him over and leave the two of them in the parlor alone. Versions of this wink-winking permissiveness towards serious couples persisted through the calling era. That's what I was so thinking my grandparents ahead. did. That kind of thing. Because I'm, I'm from a rural area, so you, you know, as long as you're out of sight. Yeah. Some soft hay. Yeah, it's kind of like you follow a little bit of the, the yeah. formality of it, but it's not like... If and they also, like you, they're like, come on, we have to get this, like these people. Working class people, lower class people, and people of color back, uh, you know, it's like no one cared if you got knocked up if you were poor. Yeah. You know, like, like there was no honor lost because you had no honor because you were poor. Yeah, you're poor, so you're it's a like different whatever. class and you're yeah. just like, eh, whatever. Whatever your, your happens virginity to you. was like, who? It expected it. <laughs> like, yeah, no one cared. You know, um, let's see, there was, uh, Terry, Terry. hippies were late to the game of free love. Yeah, they're the last people, you know, everything, everyone thinks they've invented free love and everyone's also invented the Hellfire Club as well. Yeah. Every generation. With the rise of Marxism and feminism in the 1800s came the belief by some activists that marriage was itself sexual slavery. It's bourgeois. Yes. The for, uh, Victoria Woodhull, the first woman to run for president of the United States, described herself as free lover. I like that. With the inalienable right to love whomever she chooses, whenever she chooses, for how long she chooses. And with the, that right, she says, neither you nor any law can, fra- can frame to have any right to interfere. That's a bold boo. How come we've never heard of this woman? I Who know. Is this woman? Victoria Woodhull. Again? Victoria Woodhull. The Woodhull Terry. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I've, I've never heard this woman's name before. I didn't know anyone had run for president, any woman had run for president that early. Yeah, and I didn't realize that And back when they say, either. you hear like Geraldine Ferraro, you hear Shirley Chisholm. Mm-hmm. But now Victoria. You don't hear Victoria. The lover. And now we know why. Free lover. Free love. Free um, men, free women, free country. And the term biological clock, you hear that? My biological clock is ticking. Mm-hmm. The warnings of this first appeared in the 1970s. I reset mine. <laughs> It's like daylight savings time for me. <laughs> it's like, mm. Yeah. Um, did you fall ahead or you spring back? I spring back. You spring forward or no, you fall back. I spring back. You spring. It's my clock. I shall do what I want. So it first appeared in the 1970s and quickly gained traction as a, as a major source of anxiety for women in the mm-hmm. workforce as a, and an impediment to their career advancement. Yeah. So we want you to go out and get work because we want more money in the economy and we want me, you bringing home more money, but we also want to make sure that mm. you're not happy or comfortable with it. So yeah. hence your biological clock. Oh, yeah, a direct sexism came with this. The male biological clock was ignored completely, giving men all the time in the world to play the field. But now we're not because we're letting you know that our old sperm needs is to be... messed up because yeah. you're, you're, you're... You need to just shoot it into the trash. <laughs> Nobody wants it. Heavily quoted clock statistics were tragically flawed, drawn from French birth records from 1670 to 1830. I never understood that why they would choose a biological, to to set a biological clock for a time when birth, having children meant death for a lot of women. Yeah. People didn't live long as as it was. And then I always saw women around me who were 50 who were like, I can't believe I'm pregnant again. It's like, well... I guess this biological mm-hmm. clock club is bullshit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? When you are, you're young yeah. and you have a co-worker who's like in her late 40s, and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm having a baby. And you're like, I was told that wasn't possible. No, no, right? that's possible. Yeah, it's but possible. millions of women were being told at that time when, when to get pregnant based on statistics from a time before electricity, antibiotics, or fertility Of course, treatment. because who cares about um, women? Women. Yeah, basically. And their vaginas. Yeah. 
And of their reproductive and health their reproductive or anything. Health. And yeah. on that note, happy Valentine's happy Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Or Galentine's Day or yes. Lupercalia. Yes. Go out there and, and get whipped by a dead dog. Yeah, live and love. Live and love, as Victoria Woodhall would say. <laughs> get your anytime, Terry on. Anytime, anywhere. <laughs> Any Terry will do. Thank you for listening to Hey You Know It. Stay in touch with us during the week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Tumblr. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes at stitcher.com and at heyyouknowit.com. Thanks.